she drops her suitcase on an old woman's head. As it begins to tip out of the overhead locker, Billy realises that her arms aren't going to be strong enough at this angle to stop it from slipping out of her grasp. She only manages to say the words, Watch out! After the bag has hit the woman, and the sound it produces as one hard corner makes contact with her skull is appalling. The woman, who had been sitting quietly when the suitcase fell, is now bent over herself, clutching her head and making a series of distressing noises. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, Billy says, panic rising in her chest, as she feels the aura of threat radiating from passengers five rows deep in front and behind. The woman's husband gets to his feet as fast as his joints will allow, and bends over her, one hand on his wife's back, and the other raised in open-palmed fury towards Billy. What the hell is the matter with you? he asks, and she hears his question echoed in mutters by the other passengers. What's the fucking hurry? Look what you've done. Look at what you've done to her. Billy looks at what she's done and feels her voice get tighter and tighter as she continues to apologise. What is the matter with her? It's a question she doesn't have an answer to. They had been waiting on the tarmac for about 20 minutes when she decided to reach over the elderly couple behind her and retrieve the wheelie bag. There hadn't been space to stow it above her own seat before takeoff, and once the doors opened, she didn't want to hold people up by having to go against the flow to fetch it. Clearly now, the right thing would have been just to wait and go back up the plane to get her bag once everyone else had disembarked. There was no hurry. She feels heat spread up her neck, and she begins to cry. I don't know what you're crying for, a woman, seemingly unconnected to the victim, says. She's the one who should be crying. The elderly woman is, in fact, crying a little. I'm sorry, Billy tries one more time, this apology for the crying as much as the woman's head. My dad just died. The unconnected woman gives her an exasperated look, one that seems to ask what she is supposed to do with this information. Immediately, Billy knows that this is a cheap trick. She feels its cheapness ripple through the onlookers, who continue to tut and talk about her in the third person amongst themselves. What she said happens to be true, but it is difficult to connect it to this incident with the suitcase. Still, the plane doors remain closed. An aghast flight attendant is now fighting his way past the people standing in the aisle. When he reaches the woman, he begins to administer the contents of a first aid kit. I'm so sorry, Billy says to the flight attendant, desperate to endear herself to somebody, and he gives her a nod of professional neutrality. The woman appears to be bleeding. Billy stands with her eyes pinned to the floor and tries in vain to induce an out-of-body experience. After a long time, colder air touches her face and tells her that the doors are open. Billy considers turning around to offer a final apology to the woman, 
who is now telling the flight attendant exactly which elements of her holiday this injury will prevent her from participating in. But she doesn't find the courage to do so. She shuffles out, dragging the suitcase behind her like a disgraced dog on a leash, clambers down the steps onto the tarmac, and walks directly to the toilets to cry properly. After she is done, she sits on the toilet seat and waits until she thinks she'll be the last person from her flight in arrivals. She tips the suitcase onto its side in the cramped space of the cubicle to examine the corner for evidence of impact, but she can't find any. The concourse is busy, and Billy looks around in the vain hope that her brother has come to collect her, even though that isn't what they've arranged. She finds a quiet corner to check her phone for the directions Tom sent, and to take a few steadying breaths 